Lord Jesus, we sing to you. We sing to you for the love that you have shown us. May we open our ears and our hearts to all that you want to say to us right now. Your name, amen. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. When Paul McCartney and the Beatles sang these words, most people assumed he was referring to Jesus' mother, Mary. As later found out, he was talking about his own mom, Mary McCartney. His own mother, who comforted him during some challenging times toward the end of the Beatles' run. And you know, when we hear the words Mother Mary or Mary in the context of Scripture and in the church, our minds take us right to Mother Mary, the mother of Jesus. In many ways, she's arguably the most famous woman of all time. Yet in Scripture, there are other Marys. There are five of them, in fact. There is Mary Magdalene. There is Mary of Bethany. There is Mary, the wife of Copus. There is Mary, the mother of Mark. There is Mary, King Herod's second wife. Now, the name Mary actually comes from Miriam, which means bitter. That would be kind of a harsh word to name your daughter, bitter. So it's possible during that time that many uh, parents felt like life was bitter, so indeed that fit, or perhaps it just became such a common name that they gave that name to their daughter because they liked how it sounded without thinking about the meaning. Also, during the New Testament time, King Herod's second wife was named Mary, so the name could have been associated less with the meaning of the word and more with the titled woman who wore that name. Well, today we're going to continue our series on women in the Bible, and we're going to be surprised and encouraged in our following of Jesus by the determination, faith, and presence of one of the other Marys, Mary Magdalene. Now, while there might be some other passages to use in our study of her, we are going to go back to the resurrection passage at the end of the Gospel of John, and we will see that Mary's inspiring character shows brilliantly through in this passage. So if you would join me in hearing these words from John, you can follow along in the Bible. We'll be referring back to many of the verses in this passage, and you can look up on the screen as well. We're going to read 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and she went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, John, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple, John's being all humble here, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. 
And then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw, and he believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Well, they've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? What are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned, and she said in the Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not touch me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God, and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said these things to her. The word of the Lord. So in summary, here's what we know about Mary from this passage and many of the other New Testament passages where we see her name mentioned. First of all, Magdalene is not her last name. This name most probably indicates that she comes from Magdala on the southwest coast of the Sea of Galilee within easy walking distance of Capernaum, a place where Jesus often stayed. When we were over in Israel with a, a group from our church in 2015, they were still uncovering, doing archaeological digs in her town. Uh, they say over there, if you kick a stone, you start a dig. Well, a dig was started and they are, we're going to find out more about her life in the years to come. In Luke 8, we, secondly, we find out Jesus, and you talked about this last week in Joanna, went on through one town and village after another, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him, as well as some women who had been cured of evil spirits and infirmity. Mary, called the Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, whom we spoke about last week, the wife of Herod's steward, Chusa, and Susanna, and many others, who ministered to them out of their own resources. So Jesus delivered Mary from the infirmities, from the demons. She became a devoted disciple. That's the second thing we know about her. Thirdly, we know she followed the body of Jesus to the grave. Fourth, she was the first to learn of Jesus' resurrection, and all four Gospels talk about this. Fifth, we know nothing of her after Jesus' resurrection. Now, Mary Magdalene has been unfairly labeled 
as a prostitute, as a seductress of Jesus in The Last Temptation of Christ, for those of you who remember that film. She's been remembered as possibly Jesus' wife, a promiscuous woman, even the sinful woman who is not named, who anointed Jesus' feet. There is no biblical proof of any of this. Still, these roles continue to be played out in fiction, media, and sadly, even through the church still. Today, we redeem the narrative of Mary Magdalene with at least four important pieces of her character found in this passage and supported by other smaller passages. And as we are looking at this, may they become a part of our own character as we see the character of Mary. First character piece, number one, Mary was present. I listened to Pastor Colleen's sermon after I had already written this in and realized she said the same thing about Joanna because they hung out together a lot. They were present. When Mary was delivered from demons and infirmities, sicknesses, she became a fully devoted follower of Christ. In early passages, we know that she was present at the cross when Jesus was dying. We know that she followed him to the tomb. And now here she is, first thing on Sunday morning, first one there at the tomb. And in verses 1 to 10, if you have those before, you see that when she realized he was gone, she ran to tell the other disciples, Peter and John, who have a race, come in, take a look, and for some unexplained reason, just run right back to their homes. But look at verse 11 again. But, that word is huge. Circle that in your Bible. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. She stayed. She could not stay away. She came to the tomb out of compassion and honor. She faced the reality. She did as Jesus would have done. Mary was present. How are we doing at being present? When we are truly aware of the people and the circumstances around us, we become more compassionate. We love more deeply. We consider others first. We follow the example of Jesus. One of the big challenges for many of us is our relationship with social media. Now, this may not be true for everybody sitting in this room, but believe you, all of us see it if we don't struggle with it ourselves in this culture. It's all around us. Felicia Song, one of our own church family and a professor at Westmont College, has written a book entitled Restless Devices, Recovering Personhood, Presence, and Place in the Digital Age. Now that title alone stirs conviction among us, and I would invite you to read the whole book. But when in the vicinity of our phones or our devices, we start twitching and we wonder what we're missing when all the while loved ones are sitting right in front of us. There is beauty to be beheld. There are needs that can be met. There is the presence of Almighty God right there in front of us. Our Lord God calls us into his presence and the presence of his people. 
May we not miss what is most important. Mary was present. Number two, Mary freely expressed her feelings and her doubts. You know, she continued to love and to search even when she didn't understand. After Peter and John leave the, the, the tomb, the two angels are sitting there and they say, why are you weeping? And she said, well, they've taken away my Lord. I don't know where they've laid him. And though she had heard Jesus talk about that he would rise, she still did not understand. And perhaps she still couldn't choose to believe yet. We don't know. But she stayed. And she turns around and there is Jesus. And he says the same question as the angels. Why are you weeping? And she says, where have you put my Savior, my Lord? She thought he was the gardener. Now, as we ponder the character of Mary, which moved her to express her feelings freely and her anxiety and her doubts, may we remember the importance of the church as a safe place to express our feelings, our doubts, without fear, while listening and loving those who do the same. You know, we're in a day where Christianity is increasingly more be building walls and vehemently deciding who is in and who is out. And this produces fear. It excludes those who might be on the journey of faith but have not yet made a decision and have not yet experienced what true belonging and acceptance is. The Psalms are full of feelings and doubts. I highly recommend reading the Psalms over and over again. You will see all of the emotions that Mary experiences right here. Knowing that she has followed Jesus, but where is he? I'm searching. Speaking these feelings and these doubts can be healthy for our relationship with Christ and others. No matter what our understanding of reality, Mary freely expresses her feelings and doubts. Number three, in the midst of her doubts, still Mary recognized the voice of Jesus. Verse 30, uh, verse 15 says, then Jesus calls her name Mary. One word, and she recognizes him. And she says, Rabunai. And here it is interesting to know that Jesus found her before she had yet even found him. Mary had a relationship, even if she didn't know everything. She recognized the voice of Jesus in her life. She responded to the resurrection with faith. And the depth of her devotion to Jesus opened the door to hearing his voice. She had not only followed Jesus, but according to Luke 8, she helped to also resource that ministry. Mary loved much because she was forgiven much. The seed had been planted in her life. Who or what are you looking for? Do we recognize the voice of Jesus in our lives? Friends, we live in a noisy world. We live on a noisy street here right now. The National Park Service Natural Sounds and Night Skies Division sends researchers out often to measure 
the acoustics of the American outdoors and estimate that noise pollution doubles or triples every 30 years. Recently, I went in for a hearing test, and I don't know how many of you have done this, but they put you in this quiet room, and for the first time maybe in your life, you realize how quiet, quiet could be. And of course, not only do we have noise pollution, but we have voices of opinion that are very loud. They command our attention. They influence us away from the God who calls us to be still and know that he is God. Psalm 46. How are we doing in recognizing the voice of Jesus through his teaching and his example? He's speaking to us if we would but listen. There's an old story that I've told a lot of times. If you've been around me at all, maybe you heard me. I'm going to tell it again because it fits so well. There's the fictional story of the family standing on the roof of their house in a big flood. And they're praying, God, please save us. Boat comes along, said, hey, do you all want to get in this boat? And they said, no, no, God's going to save us. Helicopter comes along, drops a ladder. Come on, get up. We need you to get out. We're here to rescue you. And they go, no, God's going to save us. And after the helicopter leaves, the family, the, whoever prays out, God, save us. We know you're going to. And he said, I sent you a boat and a helicopter. What more do you want? How are we doing at listening to the voice of God when he's speaking to us so plainly? Finally, Mary was a bold witness. Verse 18 it says, Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. In these days, when people do emphasis in social media, I've seen the, you know, the period after each word, I have seen the Lord. When I read that, that just kind of popped. I just saw all periods right after every one of those words. She doesn't show fear here. She comes before them and she tells them what she has seen. William Barclay says, Christianity does not mean knowing about Jesus. It means knowing him. It does not mean arguing about him. It means meeting him. It means the certainty of experience that Jesus indeed is alive. And Mary has been often called by many scholars, the apostle to the apostles. Because when she announces to the disciples she has seen the Lord, she is the bearer of the most important news of all time. Pope Benedict XVI said in his 2007 address, St. Thomas Aquinas reserved the special title Apostle to the Apostles for Mary Magdalene with this comment. Just as a woman, Eve, in Genesis, had announced the words of death to the first man, so also a woman was the first to announce to the apostle the words of life. Mary, the mother of Jesus, received the most important announcement of all, that she was going to give birth to the Savior. Mary Magdalene gave the most important announcement of all, that the Savior had conquered death, is alive, and that she had seen him. These five profound words, I have seen the Lord, should be the ones to mark the faith and the legacy of Mary Magdalene. 
What if these words would describe you? What if we would say, I have seen the Lord in the good and in the bad. I have seen his works. I have seen him in the people he has created. I have seen him in creation. I have seen him in his healing. I have seen him in the darkest of days. I have seen him in the justice. I have seen him in the injustice. I have seen the Lord. Mary boldly spoke those words and inspired millions upon millions to hold onto that same proclamation. As early as I could remember, I saw women boldly proclaim the gospel. Alma Frederick and Lillian Kelly were pastors and evangelists in Maryland and Virginia. They started in 1940 in the Free Methodist Church. I rode in the car with them and my, I realized they were pastors. They started churches. They boldly proclaimed the gospel. Our history reports that in 1917, a revival started in Los Angeles. Two women were on street corners with bullhorns preaching the gospel. And people came to know the Lord in those revivals and went back to Mexico, planted free Methodist churches, and the free Methodist conference of the Mexican church was born and is still thriving today. God is helping all of us to declare the gospel. And he has used women and men mightily to do that. Mary inspires us to be present, to express our doubts and our feelings, to listen to and to hear the Lord speaking, to see the Lord and bear witness. She's inspired us to be an example in our life of boldness and living out God's creation in us. How can we be more present? How can we be more authentic in our faith? How can we listen more intently and hear the voice of Jesus? How can we be bold in declaring the ways we have seen the Lord? Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. We want to see you. Let's do that now. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.